0: With fresh baked rhubarb crisp. You may have seen that. We sent out a, uh, we put it on Facebook and an email with some young workers and some older workers too working on that. So that was fun for them. And uh, another announcement would be Sunday, June 24, Gerald Durstein will be here. And uh, Gerald is someone we've had here many times in the past. He hasn't been here for a while now. But uh, he began a Christian retreat at, near Ogema, Minnesota, Strawberry Lake. And um, just a man, a man that... Uh, we were, I was talking last week that the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, like Gus is going to be sharing with us today, I believe there's a prophetic there, prophetic anointing of ministry gift. But I would say Gerald Browby is an apostolic gift. He may not say that. A lot of times people that flow in those anointings, they don't put a name on themselves like that. But it's good to have that uh, variety. And so Gerald will be with us on the 24th with his new wife. His wife, Bila passed away a few years ago. And he has a new wife now, Shirley, who will be with us also. And then there's a few resources here: um, the new website, TinstrikeChurch.com. Um, so, and you can get information there for hearing messages from the past. We also, when it's applicable, we put the, the outline of the messages. On our Facebook page too, if you're interested in that. And then we have our building fund update. It's growing. It's really going well. You can see there now we're down to single digits in the thousands. Nine thousand three hundred nine left, and uh, I believe that's going to go down very quickly. Uh, I think I might have mentioned Troy. I was talking about Troy Winter. There's some things he's going to be doing with the building, and he thought in July that he would be doing that. So uh, some of those things that we've been sharing about. And I have a scripture here, <clears throat> and it's from 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, from the New Living Translation. And it says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, and then bread to eat. In the same way, we have in caps there, in the same way, in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. In this text, in the text of this is talking about our financial resources, really. He will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest Of generosity in you and so just that blessing of giving and then the Lord multiplying it back to us that in turn we can give give again amen and this morning we're gonna have Kent come and share a word of prayer over our tithes and offerings we aren't passing the plate but we have boxes in the back that you can place your offerings on the back walls Um, We'll have Kent come. He's going to pray over our, t- our tithes and offerings. And also, he's going to be sharing about Revive Minnesota. So. All
1: right, let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you that you are the supplier of every need that we have. We just surrender all of our finances and those that, things that you have given to us. And we just want to give back to you freely now and bless each gift, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Does everybody have one of these sheets in your hand if you don't Darlene's going to give you one raise your hand real quick and She'll hand it out to you if you don't have one, so I just want you to follow along quickly Um, I'm just going to take a couple of minutes revive Minnesota is coming to Bemidji at the end excuse me the middle of July and What this outreach is about is not an event, okay? It's not like setting up a tent and having a week-long revival and then, like they say about the old evangelists, they blow in, they blow off, and they blow out. That's not what this is about. This is about reaching into the churches and equipping the men and women, the children, the teenagers. Our list needs one up here too, Darlene, if you would, please. Um, but equipping them to go out and just share their faith. And so, as I'm speaking this morning, if God is stirring your heart about that, just be sensitive to what the Lord is doing in your heart this morning. On the beginning of that first page, it says, Revive Minnesota is a ministry of time to revive out of Dallas, Texas, was invited to the Bemidji area by local leaders. The mission of Revive Minnesota is to come alongside the local church to see all believers equipped to make disciples. And so what this is, a group of guys and gals, mostly from the metro area that they just happen to live down there, and they're coming up, and they've been meeting with us every Wednesday via phone, and some of them have been physically present as well with us, but we've been meeting in Bemidji, On Wednesdays and praying and and scheduling and trying to get we got a few guys. Bob's been there. Arliss has been there. Adam was there last week. I don't know if he's happy he was or not. We dumped something on him. So, but uh, that's okay. But there's people from this church, men and women that I know want to get out into the community and share their faith. And what revive does is it just teaches you how to go out And so if you look at the schedule of events kind of in the middle of the page there, there's a prayer time at 8 a.m. each morning. Breakfast is next at 8.30, and then there's training and outreach at 9.30. So what they'll do is they just talk to you a little bit about the do's and don'ts sometimes of going out and sharing your faith. And we're going to be going into stores and parks and wherever God leads. This is not just a happenstance kind of you know flock shooting they're dividing the city up into different regions and people will be specifically and purposefully going out into those areas and praying first about who god would have you share with and the whole thrust of this first of all is to love the people you're going out to talk to so it's love them first second is to listen so if I were to walk up to Arliss and she was at the park bench, I'd probably just say, "Good morning. My name's Kent. And is there anything we could pray for you for today?" And we're going out in groups of four, so there's a man, at least one man and one woman. So probably the female leader in a group would ask Arliss because she's a lady, and it's not. And if they just go, "No, leave, I don't want anything to do with it," we say, "Well, bless you and have a great day," and you move on. But They have found as they have gone through the United States doing this, 80 to 90% of the people say, you can pray with me. Isn't that amazing? And so the third thing then, it's love, listen, and then discern. So we would discern, and there's a group, and everyone would be praying even at that time, and then you take time to pray. If the person's open, you can share the gospel with them, lead them to Christ, whatever it might be. And then it's not just finished there, we have a connection. And we make sure we find out about that person and then there's going to be a discipling group later that would reach out and disciple the people. And so our church is part of this. As you look at the... um, rest of the schedule. They have a lunch then back at the tent. We're setting up a 70 by 110 foot tent in the parking lot of Mount Zion Church and it holds about 500 people. Now the tent is not as you would think of like a Billy Graham revival tent, but the tent is where the leaders and the groups will go back at noon, have lunch, and share testimonies of what God was doing that morning. Pray, go back out in the afternoon, and then come back in the evening and have more of an evangelistic type meeting that is going to be open to the public, but it's more of just a a testimony and an encouragement and a training and teaching. And then at the end of the week, it's not done. It doesn't just quit. We're going to continue to go out and continue to reach people for Christ. Doesn't that sound simple? But doesn't it sound like the way God would want us to minister? I've said this for a lot of years. There's about 30,000 people in the Bemidji area. And there's about 3,000 of them that attend church. You do the math. That means there's 27,000 souls that are either non-interested, burnt out on church, and that's why this is not about religion. This is about love, relationship, fellowship, and just sharing hope with a hopeless world right now. Our church is involved with a lunch the last Wednesday. We will be hosting the group back here, and then we'll be going out into Tenth Strike, Black Duck, wherever, wherever God would lead us, and just sharing our faith. And then it's back, like I said, each evening, going to be back again to Mount Zion for a time of praise and worship, and just Tim is here. He's part of it as well, and his wife, and, and there might be others that I'm missing. Forgive me if I'm not calling you out. But this is something that every one of us can do. There's going to be prayer teams back at the tent in the morning, in the afternoon, interceding. Um, I'm not a real techie person, but there's going to be one person in each group that is kind of techie, and they'll be letting the prayer people in the tent know what we're doing. So it's up to date every minute. So when we're praying for list, someone might be typing back and saying, this lady has a drug addiction, this lady has this issue, this lady had abuse in her life, whatever it might be. Pray for that. Begin to minister for that. This is just hands-on, going out. And I think it's um, fulfilling what Jesus said, go. Go and make disciples. On the back page, there's some speakers here. Um, There's going to be 21 days of prayer and fasting leading up to it. There's a website. You can go on there and see some of the points that we'll be praying about. And then there's a how you can get involved portion on the bottom. Back on the other page, there's a come and see night that... Is going to be held at First Baptist Church in Bemidji on Thursday June 21st so that night there's going to be more in-depth of what this is all about and so we just want to have you pray and just let the Holy Spirit lead you to come and be part of this and like I said it's not an event we don't want an event And as we've touched the hearts of churches and pastors, they're kind of burnt out on events because they just kind of come and go. But we want something that will be lasting and that will stay and people will continue to do months and years and decades if the Lord tarries that long. So, Pastor Steve, thank you.
0: Jesus said, go ye, and we want to obey. Well, Gus, you can come on this way. I think most of you know Gus Shogren. I'd say Gus is a man with a heart after God, and uh, there's an anointing there upon him to share. And I know he's been seeking the Lord for this word, and so Gus We're so thankful that you're gonna be sharing with us here. God bless you. Yeah, that goes toward. Yeah, that's good. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah.
2: How many can say, Praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. For God is good. All All the time. And He's here this morning to speak to our hearts. And to anoint us with the power of his Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. It's good to be here. The pastor warned me before church. He said, I sold your chair. I said, well, that's probably okay because I couldn't sit down and preach anyway. but I was thinking when he said that I remember a church in the middle of a war zone and I was asked to speak and at the end of the service everybody was standing up but that's not the whole story They were standing up when I started preaching. And that's because there were no chairs. The communist guerrillas had stolen the chairs long before that. They were in the midst of a war that had gone on for 11 years. And I thought, and I'd been praying about it. I said, Lord, what can I share with these people? And God gave me a message. And it was so simple. And it was the only thing in my heart. And it was reach out. Reach out and help somebody. Somebody. This was a town... where the El Salvin, the guerrillas had taken over the village and they had taken over that whole area of the country. And they had been there for 11 years. And when you're in the middle of a war, there's no electricity, number one. I don't know that there ever was electricity in that village. Maybe there is today. But the war had gone on so long and nobody had driven a vehicle into that area for so long that there were trees this big growing up in the middle of the roads. I mean, they weren't paved. The old dirt roads. And that was a powerful message. What you can do is forget about your own trouble and reach out and touch somebody. Reach out and help somebody. And yesterday or the night before, my brother called me up. And he said, can you help me roof my house tomorrow? And I thought, that's the last thing in the world I really want to do tomorrow. And while I was talking to him on the phone, God just gave me a little vision. I was standing up in front of that church saying, reach out and help somebody. If you want your troubles to diminish and go away, then reach out and help somebody. Use what God has given you, whatever it is. It might not be much. But if you use it, it will increase. And if you don't, it will decrease. Oh, let that Spirit of God that's inside of you rise up in Jesus' name. That same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, let it dwell in you with power. Hallelujah oh praise God I have a scripture this morning I want you all to stand up while I read it hallelujah 1st Timothy 6.12 fight the good fight of faith fight Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 13, And I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things And before Jesus Christ, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. It says that God, who quickeneth all things. Lord, we just thank you for this word today. Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we'll leave here changed, empowered, built up, quickened by the power of your spirit. Quickened in our spirits, in our minds, in our bodies. By that power, that same power that raised Christ from the dead. Father, we just ask you to touch us right now. Fill us and quicken us. Speak to our hearts today, Lord. Empower us. Fill us up with a fresh anointing a fresh drink of your spirit Lord, a little fresh oil a new portion of love for those who are hurting and those who are lost and those who need help open our hearts Lord To see past our own hurts, our own problems, our own desires. That we might become the hands and feet of Christ in this hour. That we might become your voice. That people might look to us and see Christ. Father, we just thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I remember that day in El Salvador. You know, I really wasn't thinking about all those people standing and how long I should preach. But at some point in that service, the Holy Ghost fell. And when the Holy Ghost falls, things happen. And you can't always explain what happens. The only thing I can really say is, you should have been there. You should have been there. You would have never forgotten that service. And that's what we cry out for. Is a move of God in our midst. A move, a supernatural move of God. And that move is not going to come until we begin to fight that good fight of faith. Hallelujah. It's a fight. You ever been in a fight? I mean, Ten Strike, that's what Ten Strike was built on, the old lumberjacks and bars. And don't you know that they weren't happy yet. Unless they had a good night fight before the night was over. That's our heritage, our tradition. But the Bible talks about the fight of faith. And that's different. That's believing that God is bigger than anything that's happening in this world. That God has the power to change our circumstances. He has the power to change men's lives. He has the power to change the economy of this whole country. He has the power to change the weather. You talk about good news and bad news. You know, you've all heard about global warming and they just speak Doom and gloom.
0: But they forget that there's a
2: God in heaven who is bigger than all that. He has the power. And I was reading this morning in Corinthians, first Corinthians. Chapter one, verse eighteen. And I think for this moment, for this time, with these meetings that are coming, and I had the opportunity to hear Pastor Adam speak at Full Gospel. You know, he's a strange combination. He's a Mexican Norwegian, <laughs> and that's a combination you don't run into all that often. But he's a man of God, and he's the one that's really putting all these meetings together. But it says in verse 118 For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Say it with me power of God! Power of God. It's the power to change men's lives, men's hearts, it's power to change circumstances in our lives. Oh, there is power there. You know, I always think about when I was a kid, the neighbor, he had a new fencer. And it wasn't an ordinary fencer. I've touched lots of electric wires, you know, that hold the cows in. But this one, you touched it, it knocked you to the ground. And there is a power from on high that will knock you to the ground. They'll say, that's never happened to me. Well, I guess you've never touched it then. You've never really been hooked up. It's time you did. You haven't lived until it's happened. Oh, there's always a greater anointing. There's a greater thing that God would do in your life. There is a greater measure. You know, the Bible says that we have all been given a measure of faith. That's like getting a seed, you know. You go to the store, it's springtime, you buy a package of seeds, and if you plant it, it might grow. Depending on how you plant it, where you plant it, and if you water it. And the seed we have is this word that God has given us. We all have one of these, right? We don't always have time to read it, we're too busy. And it gets worse with all the technology. People on their phones. The kids in school say, you don't have a cell phone? And I want to say Jesus didn't have one. (laughs) He got along without it, I guess I can too. At least until I get done teaching school. Because I'm sick of cell phones. I'm trying to teach, and the kids are going. Ah, oh, they do it under their desk. They're looking at me, and I can tell they're not listening. <laughs> under the desk, they're going. One day I asked a girl, I said, who are you talking to? She said, oh, I'm talking to Auntie. I said, does Auntie know you're in school? Oh, but this is really important, Mr. Shogun. I'm sure it is. Every day, all day long. My brother is laughing. He said, how come God never talks to me? I think he talks to us. We're just not always listening. I watch these kids, and they're going around, they got their headphones on, listening to the music. Or they're on their cell phones or they're sitting in front of a TV, or they're watching videos. It's hard to hear that still, small voice. that's right here. God speaks to us. He speaks to us through His Word. You know, and if you spend enough time in this book, eventually the scriptures start jumping out at you like this is a word for you today. And then there's that still small voice that leads and guides you. I remember I was in El Salvador and after, you know, things had calmed down and they had signed the peace treaty and and things had settled down, then people started coming in from outside other ministries. And they looked at me, and they said, what are you doing here? How long have you been here? Not what they expected to find in the middle of a guerrilla camp. And sometimes I ask myself the same question. But when I got there to El Salvador, God spoke to me. I said, Lord, I'm here. Now, what do you want me to do? And I thought, well, if I fast and pray long enough, God will speak to me. But no, He answered immediately. He said, Go to Tlatinango. Well, I knew where Tlatinango was. That was the middle of the fiercest fighting in the whole country. And I thought, then I needed to fast and pray. <laughs> and I did for about three days until I figured out how to get there. It's a war zone. Buses don't run on a normal schedule in a war zone. I remember going across Turkey, eastern Turkey, in the middle of a war. And there were no buses. And every time the police caught me, they'd send me back. They said, You can't be here. And I'd turn around and I'd go back until I finally got through. And the last time I went in, I was on the bus and the soldier stopped us. He said, Get off the bus. He didn't say it in English, he said it in Turkish. And I know what he said. And I just, I thought, I am not getting off this bus. And he said it again. And he insisted. And finally, he shook his head and turned around and walked away. And I kept going. (laughs) And so I found myself in the middle of a war in El Salvador. And I remember the first night there. I tried to find a place to stay. In the middle of a war zone, there are no hotels. There was really no place to stay. And I finally found a place that was not totally appropriate. But I stayed there that night, and the spirit of God and intercession come on me. And in the midst of all the mortars and the machine-gun fire, God just put this burden of my heart to pray and to cry out for whatever was going to happen next because I didn't know but when it was getting light the next morning I had prayed all night long the Lord spoke to me and he said keep pressing in until you get in the enemy's camp and it took me a while to figure out just how to do that but I eventually found somebody that would take me. And when I got back in that area, they said, you can't be here without permission. They said, you need to ask permission. Well, you're in a, an area run by the communist guerrillas, Sure, there's people around. Everybody has guns, you know, mortars and machine guns and M-16s and AK-47s. And you don't know who the boss is because nobody has insignia. So inside the camp, I said, I need to talk to whoever's in charge because I want to minister to these people. And so eventually I talked to the commandant. I figured this is the man in charge. You could tell by the way they treated him. This is the man. And so I got interrogated. He said do you agree that we should be fighting for our freedom And I thought, I need to be careful how I answer this. There is a time in life where you measure your words. And we need to learn to do that every day. Everything we speak, every word we speak is really a prayer to God. And he answers them. And sometimes we wish that he wouldn't. Because they're not prayers of faith. Sometimes with our mouths, we open the door for Satan to attack us. We're bound by our own words. And as I'm sitting there, surrounded by soldiers, both men and women, in different uniforms, some of them were Chinese. I recognized them. I thought, Lord, I need wisdom. I need to know how to answer that question. And the Lord gave me these words. We should fight for what we believe in. How many agree? How many can say amen to that? We all need to fight. And we have all fought some battles that we shouldn't have. And then they took me over the hill. And I really didn't. Well, I knew, you know, from stories that had been told, you know, that they might do that. He said, we're going to go over the hill and get some sugar cane because they grew sugarcane in that area. And so this guy, he's out there with his machete and it's a little hooked machete and it's sharp as a razor and he's chopping off pieces of sugar cane. And then all of a sudden he ran at me with that knife and I thought this thing is so sharp he can take my head off with one sweep. And he started swinging it at me. And I thought, I don't have much time. That's where your faith is tested. What do you believe? Where is your faith? And I looked up. I looked up at the sun and I said, Lord, I deliver my life into your hands. And when I said that, this bright light came down and enveloped me, and I couldn't see anything except that bright light. But I could hear the swish of that knife. That's what happened, you know. (laughs) He got too close. I could hear that knife just going all over. But I want to tell you one thing. I never flinched. And I'll tell you why. Because I never saw it. I only saw the glory of God. Who God poured out his glory that day. And you know, I had some young kids with me. And some of them were related to the soldiers that were fighting. And the glory fell on them. And after it was all over, they took me and they gave me something to eat. I remember they gave me a little bowl of rice with some peas and carrots in it. That's all it was. And I was told, don't eat anything they give you because they're going to poison you. I thought, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to eat this. Besides, I was hungry. (laughs) And I'm going to eat it in Jesus' name. The Bible says that if you drink any poisonous thing, it will not hurt you. And they gave me permission to talk to the people I got permission. Oh, hallelujah. And when we're walking back to town, I don't know how many miles I walked that day. Because we walked to the camp. And we walked from the camp back to town. And I don't know how many miles I was. But I swear that those, peop- those kids that were with me, they were drunk in the Holy Ghost. And they said, we're taking you back to town and you're going to preach tonight." And I thought, really? And so we get to church. And there's a building. And you walk in and there's no chairs. There's no pulpit. There's nothing. And my message was reach out. Reach out and touch somebody in Jesus' name. Reach out and help somebody in the name of Jesus. And somewhere in the middle of all that, the Spirit of God fell on that church. Like it did on the day of Pentecost. Someday, I would like to go back there and talk to some of those people. Oh, hallelujah. The first time I ever went to Honduras was in that village. We were sitting out having lunch under a tree. And there was a little creek there, you could jump across it. And they said, That side of the creek is Honduras, and this side is El Salvador. No fence, no line, just a line in the sand. The first time I ever went to Honduras. And so, after all of that happened, my visa ran out. I had to go back to the capital and try to renew my visa. And I met some people from Campus Crusade for Christ. And they said, God has given us a vision to take the movie Jesus into those rebel camps. And then they said, but we're afraid to go. I said, well, that's all right. We've already been there. We know, we've met the, the leaders. We'll take you in. Come to Chalatenango. And there was a fight every time we tried to show that movie. There was a fight among the guerrilla leaders, first of all, about whether that was going to happen or that was not going to happen. They called it government propaganda, and they didn't want any part of it. But then I realized that there was a bunch of people there who were bored after 11 years of war who wanted to see something <laughs> different. And we did show the movie over and over again in different camps. There was only one camp we went in. And we had to carry a generator into the camp in order to show the movie. And we had to carry the screen. We had to carry everything on foot. There's only one time the generator would not start. And I wonder if that was God protecting us. We never did show the movie. But it was a nice walk. (laughs) Especially at 2 o'clock in the morning, hiking through the mountains. I'll never forget that night. It was a nice moonlit night. And it was cool. It was nice. It was a nice night for a walk. And they had one horse. And they let me ride. And what I remember about that night is the armadillos would come out and they were chasing armadillos on the path. And I'm riding my horse and looking around and watching all of this. Praising God, hallelujah, for his goodness. So God wants to do something here. He wants to so bad. He wants to pour out his spirit. He wants to move in a supernatural way. We have a supernatural God. God. And when he moves he moves in a supernatural way. And we just need to be in a place where we can receive it. Where we can hook up and say yes Lord use me. Somebody asked me how would you get into those terrible places you've been in? And I'll tell you how. There is a scripture in Isaiah that says, who can I send? And then it says, Lord, send me. And I always thought, Lord, why didn't you send somebody else? And you know what his answer was? nobody else would go. God can use us wherever we are. And so I was on the roof yesterday and I met some people that I had never met before. And I met some people there that I wanted to see and I was really surprised at who answered the call who was there who came and so I met some really great Christians in the middle uh, of that guerrilla camp people who put their lives in the line for Jesus people who were willing to pray the price. The Bible says, and these are the words of Jesus, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for the sake of the gospel will find it. And that's a powerful scripture. If you could just hook up to that. If you want to find your life, then you have to lay down your life and God will pick it up and God will anoint you. Oh, hallelujah. I want to share a couple scriptures and somebody here needs to hear these. Corinthians chapter 1. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God. Everybody say it Christ, the power of God. Oh, hallelujah the power of God, and then it says the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world. He's done it to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty. Oh, hallelujah. And that just means that God can use even me. God will anoint you when you step out in faith. And if you don't step out, Maybe you don't need that anointing. There is always a stronger anointing than the one we have. God pours out a portion of his spirit on us. You know, I remember Samuel. God spoke to Samuel. We know that Samuel was a man of God. Because his mother dedicated him to Christ to God before he was born. God spoke to Samuel. He said, I want you to go to Jesse's house. And anoint one of his sons. And so Jesse, in obedience to the Lord, went to Jesse's house. And of course... He called Abinadab. And he passed in front of Samuel. But when Samuel saw him, when he saw the first one, he said, the first one I think was Eliab, he said, this is the one. But that was in the flesh. And the Lord said, no, this is not the one. And so he brings out another one. This isn't the one either. And so they went through all seven sons. And Samuel says, this isn't it. Is there anybody else? He says, yes, there's one out taking care of the sheep. But he's just a boy. Samuel said, bring him to me. And when he did, the Bible says that he was ruddy and of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look at. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. And Samuel took that horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and he left. It says, from that day forward, the Spirit of God came on him. And I want you to know that as long as you walk with God, hallelujah, if you're walking in obedience to his word, then the Spirit of God is on you. That doesn't mean there isn't a greater anointing that can come. Yes, it will come as you step out in faith and do what God has called you to do. There is an outpouring and a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And there is a sign of speaking in tongues. And there are gifts of the Spirit which are all supernatural. And God can show you things to come. God can use you in ways you never dreamed of, He can use you to heal. can do miracles through you it's not your power it's the power of God that's upon you it moves as the spirit wills but it also moves as we walk with God in obedience to what he's called us to do oh hallelujah The Bible says calling those things into being which are not as though they were. That's where we step over from the natural into the supernatural. That's where we get out of our own thinking. How we get the mind of Christ. It's where we learn well you don't learn it You learn it in a way because you learn the word. We fill up with the word. And God moves when he's ready. Sometimes you have to wait. I was trying to get into Guatemala for, I was in Guatemala for a whole year and I was trying to get into El Salvador. And I had to wait. We're not very good at waiting sometimes. But I believe that there was a certain time that I had to go. And if I'd have got there too early, it might not have been good. And if I would have got there too late, it would have been over. I would have missed it. There is that window of opportunity that God is calling us to. We need to be in the Spirit. And I believe, you know, that God wants to revive this city, this village, this county, this state. And so we need to hook up. And we need to be part of it. So when those meetings come, we need to take a little time out and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll go. I'll do. So you've got too many things going on in your life, and so do I. And you say, well, but that's impossible. And I like to listen to Jenny Duplantis she says it's impossible but it's doable with God all things are possible oh hallelujah and I have learned over the years that no matter what I have going on if I will set that time aside for the Lord he will redeem the time you say well that's impossible but not with God God can turn things around. He can turn even time around. He can redeem our time. I think of that scripture from the prophet Joel. And I will restore unto you the years that the locust and the cankerworm, all those years that they have eaten and stolen from you, God can restore them. You say, how is that possible? But you have to believe that God is the God of... He's the God that makes all things possible. He spoke and he created the world. Out of nothing. And so is there anything too hard for him? Is his arm broken that he cannot heal? A better question is, are our arms broken that we can't reach out? We have to do it in faith. And we need to be led by the Spirit about what we do, where we go, what we speak. And sometimes you don't have to say much. Sometimes you just have to be there. That's all. Sometimes that's a witness. That you're willing to drop what you're doing and go help somebody any way you can. and I thought about those people in El Salvador back in the hills a lot of those people had been run off their land and out of their homes by the communist guerrillas and there were refugee camps and we got to minister to those people too and you know what God gave me the same message reach out in the name of Jesus. Become Christ in this world and touch somebody in Jesus' name. And your troubles will diminish and they'll go away. And God will empower you as you reach out in His name. He can give you supernatural strength when your strength is gone. He can give you words of wisdom when you don't know what to say. God is. He's here to help. He's here to empower. He's here to heal. He's here to anoint. He's just here, and He's given us all that measure of faith. And if we'll learn to walk in the things of the Spirit and be led by God, do you dare lay it all down for Christ? Are you willing to go if He tells you Are you willing to stay, if he tells you? Sometimes that's hard. Are you married folks? Sometimes he tells you to stay. Not just stay, but to treat your wife good. And this always speaks to my heart when I read it. That your prayers be not hindered. Your prayers can be hindered. But the things we do and the things we say and our lack of the obedience, our prayers are hindered. God always hears. Somebody said, but he doesn't always listen. He hears your prayers. He's waiting sometimes for us to turn. 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 Turn away from our sin. Turn away from those things that bind us. Sometimes we have to turn away from people in our lives that are stealing our faith and stealing our joy, stealing our testimony. Sometimes you have to turn away from them. At least quit spending all your time with them unless you're married to them. oh hallelujah praise the Lord you know the Bible says to speak to that mountain in your life the Bible says that if you can believe you, that mountain will be uprooted and cast into the sea but you know, you need to speak the promises of God over your life, over your situation, whatever it is. And you know, whatever is, is coming against you in your life and stealing your peace and stealing your joy, whatever problem it is that you have in your life, God has an answer. And that answer is in this word. And if you would read this word and find the answer, then you need to write it out and write it on your wall. And every time you look at it, you need to say, Lord, you promised. And I expect an answer. You know, one of the problems that I have, you know, because I have cows. And sometimes the pastor gets short. Last year it was short. So I thought, this year, I'm going to take my advice, you know. And I'm going to find the scripture. And so I'm reading Deuteronomy chapter 11, starting with verse 13, and it says, it shall come to pass. Say that with me. It shall come to pass. If you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. If, the famous if clause. That I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. The first rain and the latter rain that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thy oil. Oh, hallelujah. And I was so glad when it rained Friday night because God answered my prayer. And I thought, it's raining so hard. My brother is going to have to cancel his roof But no, he called and said, if it's not raining at six o'clock, we're gonna start. But thank God he gave us a cloudy, a cool, cloudy day. We couldn't have done better. God helped us. If it had been hot, You know, it gets too hot, you can't be up on that roof. You mess up the shingles. And then we get to verse 15. This is for cattle farmers. It says, and I will send grass in your fields for your cattle that thou mayest eat and be full. That's the scripture I got on my wall. Because that's one of the things I deal with. I said, Lord, you can deal with this. This is your territory. But I'm going to hold you to it. I expect it to rain in due season. That the rains will come. But when we talk about rain, we talk about the rain of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we hunger for is that reign of the Holy Ghost, that healing reign of God's Holy Spirit. And sometimes there's only one thing that stands in the way, and that's your unforgiveness. You know, I've ministered to people who have been really hurt. And they tell me, but I can't forgive him. And that happens. But I said, here's what you need to do. You need to say this. You need to speak to that mountain. Say it with me. Lord, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive him. I choose to forgive her. I give you that situation. No matter what it is. Even though that, I don't feel that in my heart. But you know, if you do that, something will break in the spirit. And healing will begin. Sometimes you have to forgive yourself for being so stupid. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. But God gives us grace to do that too. He has come to heal the brokenhearted. He's come to heal. That's why he came. He came to restore us. Back to fellowship with him. And so prayer really is just that conversation you have with God. My question is, do you have a conversation with him? Do you talk to him? Does he talk to you? He wants to so bad. And he wants to do it in a greater way and in a more powerful way than he's done in the past. And you need to say, yes, Lord, that's what I want. And so we need to spend time with him. We need to spend time in his word. We need to get together in fellowship with Christians and not the lost people of this, this world. We minister to them. We live with them. But we fellowship with believers. And that's what gives us strength. Our strength comes from the Lord. You know that same spirit that came on David when he was anointed with oil. That same Holy Spirit is the one that God sends to us. oh hallelujah it's the power of God to break the power of darkness over our lives to break the addictions over our lives Jesus said behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open that door I will come into him And I will sup with him. And he with me. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to be part of our lives. He wants to be there. He wants to send ministering angels to protect us. To strengthen us. The Bible says that old things have passed away. And all things have become new in Christ Jesus. You know when Saul was anointed king. The Bible says that he became a new man. Didn't always walk it. Walked away from it eventually. But he became a new man and God gave him a new heart. And that's what he wants to do with us. Say it. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. Old things have become new in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I'm just going to ask you to stand up before we go today. Lord, we just thank you for the rain. We thank you for the rain that turns our fields green, our lawns green, but we thank you for that rain of the Holy Spirit. hunger after the things of the Spirit. We hunger for that greater move of the Spirit of God. We hunger for that greater anointing. We long and hunger to hear your voice and to feel the power of your Holy Spirit upon our lives. Lord we just ask you to send that healing rain right now. Touch us, every joint, every fiber of our being, Lord, touch us with that anointing of your Holy Spirit. Oh, let that fire of God rest in us. That fire that burns up sickness and disease. That burns away those wrong thoughts. That gives us the power to forgive. To step out into a new life. Give us that joy of your Holy Spirit, Lord. That joy of gladness, that we may, might be a light in the darkness. Help us reach out, Lord. Let us be your hands, your feet. Help us to reach out and touch somebody in the name of Jesus. Give us the strength to do those things that we cannot do, give us wisdom. that wisdom that only you can give about where we should step, about the path that we should take. We just thank you, Lord. Oh, speak to our hearts right now, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Show us the way. Show us the step that we need to take individually to the left, to the right, or straight ahead. We just thank you, Lord, for your presence here in this place, in each and every one of our lives. We just thank you, Lord, that you have drawn us together, that we are the body of Christ, that we are one in Jesus, that we carry each other's burdens, we cast them on you Lord, because we know that you carry them on the cross that we are redeemed by the power of the blood redeemed from the curse of the law redeemed from poverty, sickness and death by the precious blood of Jesus we just thank you Lord we thank you for what you have done, what you are doing and we just thank you that you hear our prayers. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for that miracle you are doing in 10 Strike, and that you will do this summer in our lives as we reach out in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a beautiful week.
0: And, uh, you know, well, Gus, this word, thank you so much for bringing that word. um, Reach out and touch somebody. Reach out and help somebody. Gus didn't know that Kent was going to be sharing what he shared about Revive Minnesota, but the Holy Spirit knew and you can just see how the message just flowed with that. And this is the place we're at. This is the hour we're in, I believe, that the Lord is asking us to take the next step. And I believe being part of this is part of it. So ask the Lord about that. What part can you be? What part can we be together? Amen? I'm going to ask guests to stay up here. Pastor Dean, maybe some ladies could come too to minister. If you have any prayer needs whatsoever, just come forth. We believe the glory of the Lord will manifest there in your life. Pray for my mom. Sure we can. Yeah, my mom is dealing with, uh, what do you call it? Shingles. Shingles. And uh, so I talked to her this morning. She just found out yesterday, that's what it was. And uh, maybe I'll we'll have Gus pray for her, with this we'll all pray for her. And uh, it was affecting, she had pain like through here, and then there was some rash on her back.
2: Hallelujah, shingles are painful. That's what I know about shingles. We thank God it's not on her face. <laughs> And we thank you, Lord, that you carried that on the cross of Calvary when you died. That even shingles cannot stand before the word of God. And so we cover those shingles right now with the precious blood of Jesus. And we speak to that pain and we curse you and we cast you down in the name of Jesus. And we speak healing and we speak life. We just break the power of that infection. We just curse the very root of that in Jesus' name. And we speak healing and we speak life in the name of Jesus. Father, we just ask you to touch her and anoint her from the top of her head to the very soles of her feet. Fill her up afresh and anew, Lord, and strengthen her new strength oh by the power of your holy spirit lord that she might fight the good fight of faith and she might run the race that is before father we just ask you to quicken her right now your word says that if that same spirit that raised christ from the dead dwells in her it will quicken her mortal body and we just thank you we praise you right now, Lord, that you he- hear our prayers and that she is being quickened even as we pray. Father, we thank you for it.
1: Hallelujah.
2: <laughs>
0: if you have a prayer need please come forward whatever it is and uh, also don't forget the fellowship time is guess we're talking about fellowship we have the rhubarb we have dessert and then go home and have lunch okay <laughs> we got the rhubarb dessert here so yes sir so need, but...
3: I want to talk to you too and reinforce what they were saying up here God has put on my heart for a long time now there's a lot of hurting people out here in our community, and us believers, we have to do that reach out, trust in God and pray to the Holy Spirit to guide you in this stuff, but we do need to reach out to them, that's we are the soldiers out here that God has put us here and take that step, when look for the opportunities that God presents to us this week, in, in the weeks and days that go on because they're there there's people that throw hints to us keep your eyes open pray to God that you see those and respond to that and then let's join this group that's reaching out to make a difference in this calling that's coming it's a great opportunity for us to be part of that and to reach and to um, do God's work Uh, and as Gus spoke I'm very busy and I think to myself I have no time for this And Gus is absolutely right. Through God's word, he's going to make all this possible for us. He will make it work. Just step in faith, and we'll do this.
0: It's impossible, but it's doable by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. God bless you all.